Come on, everybody, it's the inside trip. So crack a high life and take a sip on that T-I-T. Get up and scream, and you can spell it backwards. You know what I mean. Your boy Brando in the house tonight. Gonna lay it down smooth and keep it tight. When Ben Watson gets on the mic, you better get ready because he brings the hype. It's about that time you already know that nasty trip, this nasty flow. The inside trip that is the show. Don't wind up on your back, bro. Uh, what's up, wrestling fans? We are back. It's the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast coming at you with episode number 77. Another midweek special because yeah. we were fortunate enough to be able to bring to you another guest this week. My name is Brandon Olinger. Join with me, as always, is my main man, partner in crime, co-host, all-around badass, Ben the Law Watson. What up, what up, what up? Oh, you know what's up, Ben? What up? We just got to talk wrestling with a coach from George Mason University. Camden Eppert, baby. You're right. That was awesome. I loved it. I love bringing these. I love getting to have guests on and talking about these smaller programs that are not always in the limelight. And listen, Camden Eppert, listen, four-year Purdue starter, 125 pounds, two-time national qualifier. He's from my hometown in Indiana. We were fortunate enough to run into him in Cleveland when we were at the Walsh Jesuit Ironman tournament. And I was like, look, we got to get this guy on. We got to get this guy on talk to him. What's going on at George Mason? Right, right. I mean, since Frank Beasley took over the program, right, as the head coach, you know, Frank Beasley, basically, you know, the right-hand man to Pat Papalizio, who turned around the NC State program. Now he's got his own program. He's starting to really, you know— the most national qualifiers qualifiers they'd had in like 17, 18 years when they got three last year, doing big things down there, and Camden Eppert is a big part of that. It was awesome to listen to him talk because it was really cool to hear how schools outside of the Big Ten, outside of the, you know— Big 12. Big 12, how they operate and how, you know what, hey, they're still a Division One program, and they're showing you how they can pull in recruits and how they can build programs. So, look, it was really neat. I'm extremely excited that we got a chance to talk to him, and I think you guys are really going to enjoy parts of this, or the whole interview, but there were some parts of this interview that were just, you know, giving me different, you know, giving me information that I never even thought I would have. And speaking of parts, like, am I an idiot? Have I missed something? Did did, did I miss an announcement that the Mac and the EWL are combining? Because I could have swore that's what he said on this podcast. That's what he said, but you know what? Hey, he's got some more information, so. Obviously, know. he knows more than we do. Right. Right. So, hey, great interview, man. I loved it. Loved it. Anyway, guys, enough of us talking. Um, as we said, you know, uh, last week when we did the Mitch Fine Silver interview for you guys, we like bringing people on from some of these smaller programs to give you guys kind of the, uh, a taste or a glimpse into the inner workings of what it takes for them to be successful. Um, and regardless, on the Division of, One level, Division One, these are Division One right. wrestling programs. Absolutely right. Hey, Division, you know, wrestling lives outside of the Big Ten too. And I think that's important. And hopefully you as listeners will, you know, a lot of our listeners, they love Ohio State. They love Penn State. They love Iowa. We all do. But, but yeah, and we all do too. But let's get a glimpse into some other programs that are really starting to turn some heads. You know what, my man? I couldn't have said it better myself. That was the perfect way to say it. Before we bring on Camden Eppert, let's take care of that normal daily business like we always do. It's the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast, episode number 77. You know how to find us. 
Catch us on Twitter at the Inside Trip One. Send us an email to the Inside Trip One at gmail.com. We got a Facebook page out there. It's the Inside Trip. We just been playing around with this new Instagram thing, trying to figure out what to do with it. I don't know. Most of the time, I see people on Instagram posting pictures of food or themselves in a bikini. I, I know you don't care about what I'm eating, and I know you don't want to see Ben in a bikini. <laughs> Go out there, find the Instagram page, follow it, whatever you kids do these days. All right. That's enough of us. You hear us talk enough as it is already. We're going to bring you Camden Eppert, assistant coach, George Mason University Wrestling Program. We hope you enjoy it. And as always, don't wind up on your back, bro. All right, joining us for episode number 77 of the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast is Camden Eppert, current George Mason University assistant wrestling coach, former four-year starter, national qualifier for Purdue University. Camden, man, what's up? How you doing, bud? Hey, not much. Uh, doing great. Just got back from a little team dinner we had. Guys start school tomorrow, so um, just happy I can uh, do this podcast with you guys. Oh, man, we're extremely happy to have you on. We've been really excited to get this set up, you know, since we ran into you at the uh, the Walsh Ironman tournament, uh, what, early December? Yep, yep. Uh, assuming you were hot on the recruiting trail at that at that tournament? Yeah, exactly. Trying to get all the best, uh, obviously. Some of those PA and those Ohio guys, those are kind of the best in the country. If, uh, a lot of people say, you know, obviously I'm kind of biased to Midwest, but, um, you know, especially since we're out east now, it's we're just feeding off of everybody that's Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and, and Ohio. So, love it. Well, I mean, you can't – there's not a lot of people that can debate, you know, the how tough Pennsylvania and Ohio <laughs> wrestling is. But you, my man, uh, from a little small town in Indiana called Anderson, right? Yep, yep. It's funny. Uh, I think we talked about this when we ran into each other at that uh, in Cleveland uh, last month, or I'm sorry, in um, yeah, I guess last month. But you and I from the yep. same town, both of us. Uh, you, were you born in Anderson? I was. Well, I was born in Noblesville, but I, I mean, I lived my whole life in Anderson. So okay, yeah, I was born in Anderson, and then was off and on there myself for a little bit. Actually, went to Pendleton Heights High School. Where, you were at Anderson Highland, right? Yeah, Anderson Highland. My uh, my brother lives in Pendleton now, so all his kids will probably go to Pendleton so that's crazy now do you have more than one brother or just the one no just my just uh my main blood brother I got an adopted little sister she's a gymnast um doing really well and then um, a couple step siblings so all right so I mean since we're already talking about since we're already talking about this let's just kind of I want to I want to hear about this a little bit so you went to Anderson Highland I, I think your brother was one of your coaches right he was, yeah. He coached me. Uh, that's he's the reason I got into the sport. Um, and then, you know, he I was a big follower of him. He's five years older. He started wrestling. He was way more of an athlete than I was. Um, great at everything he did. He was an awesome baseball player and um, football player. He's just a little bit too small. I mean, right now he's he's five four. Probably, I mean, he weighs less than me. Um, and, and so, if less than me, that's around one forty. You know, and so. Um, he started wrestling and I was like, that looks awesome. Let's do it. And I got hooked right away. Um, and just, you know, fed into the discipline of it. Um, the, well, the work ethic, the hard work and just doing little things because I was very meticulous as a kid. Um, almost OCD. Uh, I still am as some, some people in my coworkers would say, uh, but it's, it's awesome because he, you know, he was, he took me under his wing and that's what I wanted. Um, you know, he, he, after, times would be like hey man get away i need to you know i'm talking to this girl or i'm you know hanging out <laughs> with my buddies uh and you know i finally got the clue but then once wrestling happened he 
he hung on to it. Uh, I wish he would have started when I was, uh, when I, you know, when I was six or seven, because he would have been phenomenal. He was such a good athlete, but, uh, you know, it, he kind of fed off of me and it was great um, because he, he taught me so much and, and was always there for me. All right. So I had a question, Camden, for you. Uh, you wrestled 125 yeah. in college, right? I did. Yeah. I <laughs> want to know how, as a former 125 pounder in college myself, I want to know how you keep the weight off. The, it, it because was Ben brutal. didn't. No, I mean right now because you are like in way better shape than I am. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what i I was crazy disciplined with it, and um, my first two years, right? So I was a one hundred three, one hundred three, one twelve, one nineteen. Coming into college, I was, I mean, I was probably one thirty, one thirty three, not too big. Um, it took me a little bit, but then I just, we got in the weight room and I, I just started getting growth. I was growing in as a man. I just didn't think I, I just kind of was a late bloomer. I thought I would be alive for 25, which I was, but after this two years, I just grew, um, and I got bigger. And so it just became straight diet and 24 seven. I mean, throughout the summers, I would get pretty big just because I trained all year, um, and would make sure I lifted four times a week. And, um, but I just did, I tried to do things that got out, got me outside of my comfort zone. And that's what, um, you know, I think every day coach Hinkle for give, doing that to me. Um, I mean, he would, and you guys probably know coach Hinkle as a Ohio guys, right? Yeah. So he, uh, he was actually, um, airfield guy. Um, we saw the balls there, but, uh, he, um, I mean, there was times where we'd go, he'd be like, Epper, come here. And I'm like, coaching my car's in the, uh, in the shop or something. He's like, I don't care. Run to me. And so I'd, <laughs> I'd literally get my shoes on and I'd go run to him. It was like four miles away. And I'd run to him. And he, they were building a, uh, it was like a highway in the back of his yard. And, this, and it, so it was crazy. He had this garden and this pond. And then they're building this highway. And he's like, I love it. There's going to be cars here. No one's going to want to live here. It's just going to be me but guess what I got? And there's these boulders that they were digging up. And he's like, Hey, you guys care if I take these? And the construction workers are like, I don't care, whatever. I mean, you can't lift them. And he's like, Oh yeah. And so knowing Hinkle himself, he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to roll them. I'm going to put them in a wheelbarrow and I'm going to push it. And I'm going to, I'm going to find a way to get as many rocks and I'm going to put them around my lake or my pond. And so he called me. He's like, Hey, let's go. I'm, I'm moving these boulders. And I kid you not, I went with Cash Corolla, and he was my roommate at the time. And this boulder had to be close to, I mean, it was bigger than a tire. And it was awkward, and there was no way two of us on side-by-side were ever going to pick it up and lift it at all. So we had to flip it, and we flipped it like a quarter of a mile. And he's like, all right, come back tomorrow. We'll flip it the rest of the way. I mean, it was from the far away. And so it was just little things that got us out of our comfort zone. And um, so I did that a lot in order to keep my weight down, you know, um, and I probably didn't do it the best way at, at times by, you know, putting on a lot of hot stuff, um, if you get what I mean, and, and doing things that, you know, shed a lot of water weight, um, but I kind of depleted my body as, as time went on, and it's, I'm paying for it now, unfortunately, um, I've had two hip surgeries, uh, shoulder and two knee surgeries, so um, I'm still wrestling every day, but it's uh, it, it can be tough getting out of bed. Oh, yeah. um, so it was tough, but it became a 24-7. I mean, 
I knew what I would eat breakfast, lunch, dinner. Um, and, and I didn't go away from it. And that's the really the only way as I got into my junior and senior year and to do it. And at times I was like, man, why don't I just move up? I, I just, I know I'm big enough. I can do it at the weight, but I could make it because I was disciplined enough and I knew it was going to be, it could benefit me, but, um, right. you know, looking back on it, I kind of wish I did, you know, but you, that's the only regret I'd say I've ever had. I mean, because I put in the time, I did everything I possibly could. My, my diet was perfect. My workouts, I, I took advantage of them. But when you get into a workout and this is where I learned as a coach is when you go in and you're worrying about how much you're sweating, that's when you know you you're going the wrong direction. Right. Um, worry about the sweat later. Get get that great workout in, and then keep your sweat going. You know, do the things that it's like ah, I don't want to stay here. You know, three hours, but it, that's the thing. That's what's getting you out of the comfort zone. Rather than hey, I'm gonna put a sweat shirt and sweats on and kind of get a half-assed workout in. Um, yeah, that makes a so lot of as sense. As a coach, yeah, as a coach, you can't do that. I mean, I don't. I want them to come in here. You you can have a long sleeve, but. I don't want you to worry about cutting weight because now it's you're you're not you're not getting better you're not developing you're not learning and, and that is what I learned what I learned as a coach and looking back on it is like man I was I was worried about how much am I going to get off am I going to get five am I going to get six I mean I sweat really well as a twenty five pounder I'd come in at thirty two and I could get down to twenty six I mean I, I could get down. I could lose six in a practice. Give me an hour. Uh, I got it. Um, I just sweated, was sweating really well and I hydrated and I did the right things with my body to do it. But I, I don't want to go through a practice thinking that. Um, I mean, there was times where I was like, Hinkle, I need to get a match before practice starts so I can get my sweat rolling. And he of course was like, sweet. That sounds great. Let's do it. And so I'd get a match in. And then I was like, all right, I can't stop moving. Let's go. Let's get our, let's keep moving. And you know, at that point, you're you're not worrying about the team and, and worrying about getting a good workout, and you're just worrying about sweating. And so that's that's my takeaway as a coach now, um, which I'm I'm blessed with. I, I'm glad I, I learned that because now I can, you know, pass that on. Yeah, I think that's a great. I mean, that's a great lesson to learn too, and I think it's something. Um, just in my experience, you know, speaking from anyone who was a former wrestler, um, whether it was you know your casual just high school athletes or you know to even guys that were very successful d1 college wrestlers when they get out of it it's one of the things that we always look back on and say man if i had just spent more time harnessing and honing my technique rather than cutting the weight i wonder what would have happened it's funny how as we get older we realize that um you know look you know for the listeners who are listening to this episode one of the big reasons we wanted to have you on was because um, we want to hear about the George Mason wrestling program. We want to hear about all the things that's going on with it, what you guys are doing. Um, and we're going to get into that in just a second. I just, I, I got to ask, you know, again, you being from, from Anderson, Indiana, you went to Anderson Highland high school yeah. and, I, and I'm asking this just because I'm very familiar with the area. It's not a hotbed for wrestling by any means. I mean, granted, no. it's, it's come along, it's come along, it's come a long way right. over the last 10, 15 years. Um, you got guy, you know, a guy like Chad Red, who's kind of, you know, from the area a little bit, close to that area. Obviously, competing well right. in Nebraska right now. But what what did you do as a guy coming up in Indiana to become? I mean, you were a two time state champ in Indiana, four time placer. I think you were about a top sixty recruit by most, you know, ranking services. What did you do yeah. to? Uh, to get better and to continue to get as good as you were coming out of high school being from an area like that? 
Yeah, so that's a great question, and, and hopefully there's <laughs> there's young people that are watching this because um, <clears throat> I see it all the time, especially in small little uh, you know towns in Pennsylvania. They're they're doing this, but um, I was fortunate enough to be just at the brink when um, they started doing wrestling academies or clubs. Um, when I was young, I went to Yorktown High School and had a great club coach there. And, um, and then Ed Pendowski, who ran Portage, he was Lever Vegas coach. Um, yeah. Darren Elkins, who are, oh, yeah. is, is fighting now. So, so Ed Pendowski started CIA, um, Central Indiana Academy of Wrestling. Um, he, he came to Indianapolis. He started running it. And I, in middle school, would practice I'd leave practice and I would go up to um, CIA and I'd have practice there or I'd have an individual. And I fell in love with it because he helped. Um, I, I bugged him. I was like, I want to do an individual now. I want to do an individual this week, two times a week, three times a week. And I just was on him. And because he was giving back and I was the individual attention and I felt myself getting better. Um, and so when I'm in, in Anderson, right, obviously I want to do everything I can. My main drill partner was my brother. Um, we wrestled on a daily basis, but we, as time went on, we did have better people that came, came along. I mean, Mason Berryman, he, he was, a, uh, that second in the state tournament and, um, Sammy Bennett, he ended up winning the state title, went to Northern, I, Northern Illinois. Um, and so we had, we, we did have some talent as it went on. Um, you know, I, I, won't say I started it. I mean, because we, we had a great guy at, uh, that kind of was a legacy who was the national champ for Michigan state with Kelvin Jackson. You oh, know? Yeah. And obviously, you know, him, you know him and, um, he, you know, so it was, it was cool to see the, the area get excited for someone else, especially with, you know, all those GM guys that were there and they're like, Oh man, there's another good wrestler. There's another couple good wrestlers. And so they fed off of it, which was pretty cool. Um, I never, you know, went out in public and was like, Hey, yeah, man, I, uh, you know, I was, I, I didn't like the limelight. I w I didn't have many friends because I just wrestled. Um, I had friends, um, you know, that were, but I didn't go out. I didn't do the things that normal high school kids do. I mean, I went to prom, but it was about it. Um, and so I would just travel to Indy all the time and I'm thankful and, and grateful for my parents that would drive me back and forth. And so I got my license and then I would do my individuals on my own. And so now you see that so so much more prevalent, and you know you see with um, Burnett doing it. Um, he has his club in Ohio, and you have obviously Graham that runs those camps mm -hmm. um, in Pennsylvania. You obviously have Young Guns and um, Pinnacle in Minnesota, and so they're all over. And my brother took over CIA because he started coaching, um, and then Pendowski went to Carmel High School. And my brother bought it out and took it over, and so he runs it. And you get the guys like you know Silas Aldrin who is from Shenandoah, and you know where Shenandoah is. Oh, yeah. The middle of nowhere. Nowhere. I mean, who comes out from Shenandoah? <laughs> no one. But but, but Silas Aldridge is, is top five in the country right now, and um, he goes to my brother, and, and, you know, they train him on a daily basis. And so you just got to do that as, as a small-town kid. Um, and, you know, we got a great recruit coming in at George Mason, who's Ryan Bullock. I mean, he just won, escaped the rock, um, beat two top – 12 guys i think they were i mean he's the kids in animal yeah, third at super 32 he he should win a state title in pennsylvania and he's a recruit that no one was after and we we snuck under everyone and got him and he's going to be on the podium hopefully four times but at least i know he's going to be on there a couple times because he's that good and um he's doing it he has six guys on his wrestling team six guys yeah that's and, amazing and so that tells you 
yeah, and that tells you it's like he doesn't have the training partner. She has a great coach with sheets, but he's once he gets into a better room, I mean, his ceiling is, is so high. So no, I, I, I know I ramble a lot, but that, that's where it was. <laughs> no, I think that's great stuff, and, I mean, you make a great point there. I've talked to a lot of kids that have – our former high school wrestlers or our current high school wrestlers who you look at them and like, man, this kid's got a lot of potential. But when you talk to them, they, they have this, it's ingrained in their head that, you know, I can't wrestle in college unless I was a state champ, you know, or unless I, you know, placed out in Fargo or something like that. And it's like, that's so not the case. Like kids peak at different times in their life and at different levels and in different circumstances, <laughs> you know, your best wrestling days exactly. are way ahead of you. And I'm just going to throw in here, um, before we can you know dive any further like for the indiana state tournament in my opinion is an amazing tournament i love the one division state tournament aspect but i do i gotta ask are they still doing the whole no wrestlebacks <laughs> it's uh, the worst yeah i uh oh man it's it's bad and um i don't know how that can be changed i love that it's one division i love that you have one state champ um but you're right. The no wrestlebacks is is crazy. Um, I mean, even the semi state is 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 wild. Um, I mean, I remember my freshman year. I was soaking wet, 103 pounds. You know, we're making 105 when we get the two pound allowance, and I go into the state tournament, and Coach Pendowski actually, um, we were wrestling an individual. He's like, "What's your goal this year?" And I was like, "I don't know, make the state tournament," because that's what my brother did. You know, he made it and. I was like, I, I, and I thought he was the greatest, right? And he's like, you just want to make the state tournament? I was like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty small. I don't know. Maybe that's a good goal. And he's like, dude, you don't know how good you are. And I was like, ah, I don't know. And at the time, I was superstitious. I was like, I'm just going to grow my hair out. And it was my hair grows straight as can be. I mean, it looks like a little mushroom top. And he's like, he's like, all right, give me something I can do. And he's like, let's make a bet. And I was like, all right, if I I place at the state tournament, you can shave my head. And he's like, deal, done. And so I go out and I get fourth. I definitely don't know if I was the fourth best guy, right? I, I, I mean, I win semi-state. I win regional. As I, win. I mean, it's so I go out there and I get fourth at the state tournament. And I think, I mean, I, I like to think I was better than fourth, but I don't know if I necessarily was. I just was really small. Um, but because of the wrestle-offs, I mean, you, don't, you never know. I mean, now I get to hold that fourth-place medal and – you know, the next day I go into practice and he's like, all right, here you go. And I sat, he sat down and just shaved my head, but, um, <laughs> which was pretty cool. But I, again, yes, to, to answer your question, they still have it. Unfortunately, I don't know who we have to talk to to change that, but that as a recruiter, I mean, as a recruiter, it's hard for me to say, ah, yeah, getting fifth isn't, you know, it's not good in Indiana. I mean, it, you just don't know I mean, right. it, because it's so hard. Or if it's like, Hey, you got fourth. That's, that's great. Is it like, I don't, you don't know. You could have had a great draw. And so it's just hard to say. And it's unfortunate that they, they haven't seen that yet. Uh, yeah. And this has been, I, I, it's something that frustrates me yeah. a lot. The fact that they don't do the, the, the wrestlebacks in Indiana, yeah. obviously Brandon is a little partial to Indiana, but you know, we've got him to see the Ohio yeah. ways here. So, so let's dive yeah, into, yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's dive in a little bit to uh, George Mason. So, uh, I'm not sure, sure. Um, you know, uh, uh, at least me, you know, before I, you know, I guess started really following Division One wrestling, probably didn't even know where George Mason was. So talk, talk to me a, bit yeah, a little, exactly. little, little bit about where it's at. Yeah. Um, so it, it's funny you say that. I mean, literally, I'll, I'll call these recruits and 
Um, you know, we're not going after, I mean, we're going after everyone. Um, I called multiple recruits on a daily basis and give them my intro call. And I'm like, do you guys know any, do you know where George Mason is? And they're like, nah, no idea. I mean, <laughs> if you had to count 10, it's literally probably 10 that don't know, um, unless they've been in the area. And so, um, we're 15 miles outside of DC, which when I say that, um, obviously the traffic, that's probably a little different. It's not uh, Midwest time where it's, you could get there in 15 minutes. It's going to take you a little bit, uh, but it is 15 miles and there's metros and everything like that. Um, Northern Virginia, it's an awesome area. Um, actually the most affluent area in the country. Um, the school is smack dab in Fairfax, which is the fastest growing County. Fairfax County is the fastest growing County in the country because it's right next to DC. Um, it is booming. It's yes, the traffic can be brutal. Um, but you got to pick the times when I go in and it lifts like tomorrow at 6am, there's zero traffic. So it's perfect. I get to work in eight minutes. Um, if I leave at eight 30, it's going to take me 25, you know, and I'm literally eight miles away. So, um, it's an amazing area. The school is growing very quickly. I had honestly, when coach Beasley called me, I was like, where is George Mason? I don't know where that's at. And he's like, yeah. And he gave me the pitch, um, you know, 15 miles outside of DC. The area is awesome. Um, it's continuing to grow. I, I love it. Um, I think it's, it's fast paced. You got to keep up with it. And I think that's a big thing. And especially as a wrestler and a go getter, it's like, I want to keep up with everyone because I'm going to pass them <laughs> if that's what, right. if that's what it takes. So, um, the yeah. school is actually kind of big too, isn't it? Doesn't it have like thirty-five thousand students or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. So, so it's the fastest growing school in the country. Um, we actually started. It was a branch of the University of Virginia. Um, it was the University of Virginia, George Mason, and then once they got to a, um, they got to a point where they're like, hey, let's just branch off. They they grew so quickly, um, and so now we we just this year hit thirty-seven thousand actually. Um, and they have like a, a growth period that they thought in 2024, they'd hit 42,000, but they're at this point, the admission standards are going way, way up because they're like, we can't, we can't let people in here still because we're growing way too fast. Um, and it used to be a commuter college. Um, you know, we have, we had a recruit in town. I won't say who he is, but, uh, um, in last week and his mom was, a uh, an alumni, and she's like, this place has grown so much. I was a commuter. It's not a commuting school anymore. I don't, this is crazy. Um, and it's not like, it's not a Purdue. It's not an Indiana or Ohio state where it's just flooded with people. When, when class time is, you know, when there's a break time in class, yeah, it's, it's kind of flooded with people, but um, it's, it's not crazy overwhelming. I mean, you got about 22,000 that are on campus at one time because we have four campuses, um, one in Arlington, one at Prince William, actually one in um, Korea, which is pretty cool, um, and then the one in Fairfax. So um, it's, it is a big school. It's continuing to grow, which is pretty exciting for us. Um, and we don't have football, which um, I love football. Now I can root for whatever football I want, team <laughs> I want. But, uh, you know, it, it's coming from Purdue, coming from Wisconsin. Um, and, again, I love those football programs. But football can take a lot away from you. They dominate and it. That is – Exactly. And it, and it becomes surrounding. I mean, I remember I walked into the um, Wisconsin weight room and, you know, it was the bigger one. It was the football one. And 
they were like, you got to get out of here. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, because the nutrition center was in there. And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, yeah, football practice is going on. And I was like, I'm a coach. I don't, I don't understand. And he's like, oh, okay, well, grab your stuff and you, you need to go. We're locking the doors. I'm like, dude, like, this is crazy. I mean, because you have football. At? I mean, there's, it was Wisconsin. That was at Wisconsin. Yeah. I mean, we had a, we had a weight room downstairs that we could have gone to, but um, that was when I was like, man, like, they kept locking the doors after that, and they finally – our dietitian, who was, is the man, he was awesome when I was there. Um, he was like, yeah, I'm going to put an end to that because guys got to get their stuff, and you coaches, like, they can't keep you out of it. Um, I mean, it's, it's – you want to go get a granola bar, no one should keep you out of it because it's just one spot. And so um, it was interesting, but, I mean, they, they ran it, and you, you had to determine your schedule around them, and for us, we don't have to. I mean, our weight room, we tell them when we want to go in, yeah, we got – um, multiple sports still, but no one's coming in at 6 a.m., so we're full. We're, we're good to go. And, and there might be more teams, right. but um, we kind of can dictate it, and that's what's pretty cool about it. And honestly, our what's cool, and a lot of people don't know, is um, Brad Edwards is our, our uh, main AD. He uh, is a Super Bowl champ for the Redskins. Right. And if you guys know, most people do, Daryl Green, fastest man of football at some point, he uh, – he was a super. Well, he actually only played for the Redskins, two-time Super Bowl champ. He's um, our one of our executive ads. So both big football guys, right? And they flat out have said to us, they're like, we don't want football, we don't need them, and wrestling's going to be our flagship sport. That's what I want. I mean, Brad Edwards has only been here for four years, so or he just signed his, uh, another contract, so going on five, and he's, I mean, he loves us. I meet with him monthly. And just pick his brain, like what do I, what can I do to to better? And a lot of his words are just development, man. Just develop these athletes in the classroom, in the community, and and on the mat. And you guys are going to be great. And yeah. So that's what's pretty cool about about George Mason right now. No, that's that's good to hear. And you're not, you know, I've heard from multiple people that Brad Edwards is a big supporter, a big proponent for uh for for college wrestling and the George Mason wrestling team. So yeah. All right. So you're a part of the coaching staff at George Mason. I mean, look. You know, you've, you, they brought in Frank Beasley, um, who, in my opinion, is probably one of the most underrated and underappreciated coaches mm-hmm. in, in college wrestling. Um, they've got 100%. you. Um, they just brought in Mason Beckman this year. I think this is his first yeah. year coaching. I'm at George Mason. Yep. Um, and additionally, I think you guys you guys got Bo Donahue, uh, former North Carolina yeah. State, North Carolina State guy as yep. well down there. A very yep. a very youthful staff. You know, I gotta imagine there's yeah. a lot of excitement. Um, amongst you coaches for, for the things, the program and everything. Um, I think that's amazing. What, why did coach Beasley, did you have a relationship with him prior or what made him reach out to you or what, what, what brought you to George Mason as a coach? Ah, man, that's a great question. Um, so I was at Wisconsin, loved it. Um, Barry Davis, I, he's as much of a maniac as he is. I love him. Um, he, he did so much for me and he's such a caring person. Trevor Brandvold, um, is one of my best friends. And, um, you know, he just texted me the other day and was like, Hey, would you want to duel us? And I was like, dude, are you kidding me? Or you're going to be a top 10 team. Let's, let's give us some two years and we'll, then we'll do it. But, uh, and then Kyle Rochelle, um, you know, I'm grateful that he got that job at Chattanooga. And, oh yeah, that's um, great. So, yeah. I mean, so it's awesome. We all landed on our feet, um, especially with the, the coaching change there and, um, we're all doing great, and I love where we're at and who we're staying in contact. But 
Um, honestly, I, uh, so I was at the coaches convention. Um, I was in the leadership, uh, Academy and when I was, while I was at Wisconsin, so that's in, in Fort Lauderdale. And then, um, I met coach Beasley there, um, because Pat Papalizio was my mentor for that, um, that stint. And so I met Beasley there, but I didn't, I didn't know him all too well. Um, you know, especially just kind of being new in the coaching and, and not being obviously like a big time assistant or anything like that. It was, so I didn't know him all that well, but, um, I asked the exact same question to, to Frank, um, when he interviewed me or he talked to me, he's like, he pretty much said, Hey Cam, you know, uh, I don't need to interview you. I've, I've talked to 10 different plus people about you. Um, I know so much about you. I've done my research and I've had a short list ever since I was a coach. Um, and he's like, I've had a lot of mentors around me that have helped me and guided me. And he's like, you've been on my short list from the get go. And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah, um, you, you do everything right. He's like, I've, everyone I talk to, you're a hard worker, you're organized, you, you're a go getter. You want to do better. You want to be a head coach as, as time goes on. And, um, you, you want to learn. And he's like, I, I, that's who I want. I want somebody in there that wants to, you know, leave their ego at the door and, and just get better. And so I was like, wow, um, yeah, I don't know who you talk to, but I'm thankful that you, you talked to them and they, they gave me such, I mean, it, it was an honor for those people around me, um, to say that about uh, actually about me. And, um, you know, I obviously, I like to think that I'm a good person, but for them to say that it, it really, uh, was heart wrenching. And so, that's kind of how we, we kickstarted things. And we were talking early and, uh, I mean, he wanted me to come in September of last year. So we got the job in September, early September. Um, he's like, Hey, I want, this is what I want to happen. Um, I just got the job. I've had my short list. I want to make this happen. So I was like, all right, well, um, so I, and he called Barry about it. Um, and Barry's like, yeah, he's a great kid. Let's do this. Um, that's fine. Um, this is, so this is wild seasons going on really. I mean, we're in preseason. And so I'm like, Frank, I, I mean, let's, I'll fly, fly me out. Let's make it happen. Let's see what we can do. Um, they had a little bit of things happen with um, kind of administration. They didn't know he was going to act that quickly, pretty much. Um, they didn't know how serious he was when he took the job of like, Hey, I want to get my new staff. I want to get things rolling. And they were like, Oh yeah, great. And then they were like, well, we didn't think you were going to do it this quick. And so he's like, no, I want to, I want to make that happen. So, um, he called me and he's like, Hey man, I hate it. I'm sorry. Um, but we got to wait on this and, and my hands are tied. I was like, that's all right, man. I, I appreciate it. And so from there on out, we stayed in contact. Um, anything he needed, he was like, Hey, what do you think about this kid? I gave him all my, um, all my contacts that I could, because even if I didn't take the job, I still was grateful for him giving me that call and that opportunity. And so season ended, um, it, it, it made my decision a lot easier um, because after, uh, you know, Barry was done and right. everyone else was leaving, it was like, well, I mean, this is going to be easy. Um, had a couple offers from other places, but, um, you know, it came down to it. And I did my research on Frank as well. And there was nowhere else I wanted to be. And um, I had a coach call and, and give me a way better salary and a way better pay. And I said, you know, I really appreciate it. But if I'm going to coach, um, at the division one level, I'm only going to coach for Frank Beasley. And so, um, it, it made that decision easier. I came here, um, and, and I fell in love with it, the area. Um, Frank, I knew he was going to 
teach me um, and, and I was going to learn some amazing things and, and I have and every day I learn. Um, and so that's kind of how it all happened. Um, and in May, I, I came out, I moved in, I started right away. Um, we started on the recruiting process and hit the ground running. Um, I had to, I was still the head junior coach for Wisconsin at the time, unfortunately. So I had, not unfortunately, I can't say that because um, it was a good experience, but I had to like fly back to Madison. I drove down to Oklahoma city to, for the junior duels and then went out to Fargo and was the head coach for Wisconsin, which was great. Um, a couple of times I had some kids where they were like, what are you doing? You're going to George Mason. Why are you with <laughs> us? And I'm like, I made a commitment guys. Made like, a commitment. I'm going to be here. And I'm like, Hey, and what if I want to recruit you later on? He's like, well, okay, cool. And, but of course they have no idea that from Podunk, Wisconsin, they don't know where George Mason is. So I had right. to explain that to him. But, um, so that's kind of how it all, all worked out. And, um, now I'm here. Nice. No, it sounds like everything, you know, I think it sounds like everything's worked out well for you. You know, I think what you said there goes to show a lot about the type of guy that coach Beasley is. I think in today's, you know, age, especially a lot of these, uh, major big powerhouse D one programs, they're putting together what, you know, many would consider these, um, you know, these star coaching, uh, these coaching rosters, you know, I look at what, right. what like Iowa yeah. State's done, what what Virginia Tech's done, what Ohio State's done, and nothing against them. I think that's all great, but for Coach Beasley, for sure. who I still stand by as one of the probably one of the most respected and underappreciated guys, uh, coaches in college wrestling. You know, he had a plan. 100%. He had a plan in mind of the type of guys that he wanted coaching with him, and he stuck with that. And I think that says a lot about the type of guy, you know, and coach that he is. Um, Speaking yeah. of Coach Beasley, we'd love to get your opinions on a couple of things. I know Ben had a had a couple of questions here about Coach Beasley for you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think I think Coach Beasley probably wasn't a household name at, at one point. I know he, uh, you know, was an All American, as JUCO All American, and then he wrestled for Bloomsburg. Uh, found his way yeah. down, to, found his way down to NC State, and actually was kind of an integral part of uh, Pat Papalizio's coaching staff that really turned NC State into a nobody to a national powerhouse. Um, exactly. Yeah. What has he implemented at uh, uh, George Mason so far uh, uh, from his time at NC State? Um, so Frank's a worker. Um, if I had to say, I mean, I've met some of the most hard work, hardest working people probably on the planet, and he is he's top three. I mean, he he's a he's a maniac. Um, I love it because we kind of push each other. Um, you know, when he wants me to be better, I want him to be better. And, and it's a, it's a good dynamic. I mean, sometimes we can both be, we can tell when each other are pissed off of like, Hey, you know, you didn't do this right. And we can call each other out and be like, let's talk about this. Um, he's, he's brought so much to George Mason. Um, I mean, it, one on the recruiting standpoint and, the, and that side of it, I don't know if that, if, I can't explain how many like contacts and how many people he knows in his phone. It's unbelievable. I'm like, Hey Frank, do you know this guy? And he's like, yeah, I got his number. I'm a good friend with him. And I'm like, how do you, how? And he's like, I had a run in with him. And so he does that so well. And what he does a great job at. and, And I appreciate this. Like no other is we'll be at super 32 and, you know, we run into, uh, Joe Schmo, right. Somebody that, um, is actually a huge coach, great coach, but kind of under radar guy. Kind of, um, he's like, Hey, 
uh, here, I want you to meet one of my assistants and he, and he introduces me to him. And then we just have a, we have a little talk and it's like, now we created that relationship. So now the next time I see that guy and I see Joe, you know, he, it's like, Hey, how you doing? And, and it just creates that cycle of, Hey, I got this kid that you guys should definitely look at. Yeah. Give me his number, give me his contact. And so he does a phenomenal job at that. And that's why he, he recruits so well is kind of the communicating side on that. And, um, I'm learning so much on that side of it. Um, organization, right. I would, I am organized like no other. Um, my fiance will tell you it's almost too much at times, uh, because if, something's not cleaned up I'm I'm on it and she wants me to hey come and sit down like stop worrying about that but um we are we are organized I mean we're I always like to say we're the most organized staff in the country because we all have our duties we all do them the best of our ability and if somebody doesn't do it right you know we're not going to scream and yell at them but we're going to we're going to hold each other accountable and what's great about that is because we are so young in our coaching, we can do that. Um, I can say, Hey Mason, like, I need you to do this right now, man. Like it's not me being pissy. It's not me, me being short. It's like, Hey, like you said, you're going to do it. I want you to do it. Um, and again, we leave our egos at the door. And, um, again, we have so much growing to do because I've been here for seven months. Mason's been here for six and a half. Bo's been here for four. There's so much growth. Um, and it's exciting to see, and, and Coach Beasley is, I mean, he's the conductor of this train. And so getting the alumni um, engaged is one thing that he's done. Getting the guys to um, buy into being uncommon. And, you know, when we talk about being uncommon, there's so many things that go into that and um, living the right lifestyle. And, and, you know, wrestlers are known for going out and partying and getting crazy. And our guys aren't, I mean, they're coming in here and our goal is wrestling in school. Um, because as a lot of you guys know, and I mean, even myself in college, I, I didn't, well, even in, in high school, I didn't know what it meant to, to go out and party and, and drink. And it is just, some people don't know that. I mean, I think of a Nathan Tomasello, a Nathan Tomasello came to Nate. I love Nate to death. He came to Purdue. Um, I went and trained with him out at Ohio right before he won Fargo, um, won a Fargo national title. And Nathan was that guy. He lives the right lifestyle. He is a perfect, um, he's the exact replica of that. I mean, Hayden Heidley, he is, he is that guy. And so we recruit those guys and you, you would be amazed how many kids that we would say, Hey, we, we have a no drug, no alcohol policy. That's it's a one and done. I mean, they were here for school and wrestling and they're like, yeah, I don't know if I want to do that. College is supposed to be fun. It is supposed to be fun but you're around 20 or uh, 30 other guys that are going to live the same lifestyle and are going to have the same fun. You guys are separating yourselves. And, and he's brought that mentality on and he's flat out told me, he's like, I don't, I'm not going to let anybody, I don't care if he's the best guy on the team, I'll cut him. It doesn't matter. And so having that mindset just pushes this program ahead of all, so many people. Um, because I mean, when they're done, they're going to look back, they're going to be like, yeah, man, I like, I don't have a regret. I can party all I want now. You know, I can, I can have a nine to five job and go out on the weekends and have a good time. But when I was in college, I took five years to do everything I possibly could to get my a degree, get my master's degree at that and wrestle at the highest level. And, and so that's what he has brought um, on top of the alumni backing. I mean, there were so many alumni, our first dual meet, we had so many alumni back and our open 
they've met, we haven't had that many alumni ever to come back because a lot of them were like, I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed. I don't want to come back. I mean, we had two time all or uh, all American from um, Scott Kerr. She was like, man, I've never, been, I haven't been to a duel and since I graduated, he graduated in like 2001. He's like, I just, I, I, you guys haven't, no one's called me and you guys haven't been good. And now he's, he doesn't stop calling Frank. He called Frank today. <laughs> he's like, I want to do this big thing. Let's make it happen. Um, we're trying to make this club, this RTC. Let's, let's do a big, big idea guy. And so he's changed that. Um, he's come in, he went into the administration. He's like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to spend a lot of money, but it's going to pay off. Like, so recruiting, I am going to, I'm going to do a lot of different things that are going to be different, but bear with me. It'll, it'll pan out and it's going to work out and they've backed it. And so that's the main thing, organization, recruiting, everything like that. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think that's some great stuff right there, Camden. I mean, I think what, you know, if I'm listening to you and hearing you correctly, you know, one of the most important things that coach Beasley's done is he's taken the mentality of a head coach that of a head coach of a major program. And he's brought that to Mm -hmm. a place like George Mason and and has basically said, listen, this is how it's done at these major programs. The head coach, I mean, you're just not, you're just not the coach. You're basically the CEO of a, of a business. And he's, he's, he's gotten the alumni to buy in. He's, he's probably getting the fundraising ramped up and getting more people involved in the fundraising because you're right. You know, you've got to do those those things, whether it's an RTC or, you know, you know, getting, you know, creative on the recruiting trail or really just having ambitious Mm -hmm. goals and able to hit those. Um, I think that's great that he's doing that. Let's talk about the recruiting for a second. I've always been curious, Mm -hmm. you know, we've been fortunate enough to have a couple of coaches on from some smaller programs as well. And one of the things that always fascinates me is what it's like to recruit for a program that's not considered like one of the major powerhouse programs from a power conference. Um, So talk to me, you know, just in a few words, just talk to me about what, what are some of the, what are some of the roadblocks or barriers that you have to, to get around when you're recruiting for a school like George Mason? I think you've already touched on it a bit. You know, you, you said right away, like sometimes yeah. you'll call these athletes up and they're like, I, I don't yeah. even, I don't even know where George Mason is, but what what are some of the exactly. other things? I mean, you know, sometimes it can be distance. Um, the big thing that comes up and as time goes on, right. The, the first initial call isn't like, yeah, I don't want to do that. You know, I want to go to a bigger program like Penn state. I want to go to Ohio state. No one, no one says that. Um, I mean, we're very blunt. I want the kids to say, Hey, I'm just not interested. And I'm like, okay, why? And if they give me a legitimate answer, I'm like, all right, the best of luck to you. I mean, I'm not going to bother you. I want you to be outgoing and tell me that. Um, A lot of them say, I mean, the price of it out of state is pretty overwhelming um, because, you know, again, it's the fastest growing school in the country. They are literally, I mean, it's about three times as much um, as it is in state. And so that can be overwhelming for people. Of course. Um, that that is um the size sometimes does scare some some recruits um but others if they're you know a ryan bulak who wants to win a national title ncaa title he came in and he's like i just want to know that i'm going to have partners and coaches that are going to be here 24 7 for me and we're like dude you're not going to get that any i mean you're going to get that other places but we are i guarantee that's going to happen here i mean and you have three coaches that will literally do it 
every wrestle with you twice a day, whenever. What sold me to Purdue is Coach Hinkle. He said, I was like, Coach, I like to work out pretty much three times a day. And he's like, sweet, so do I. He said, you can call me at 3 a.m. at midnight. <laughs> Doesn't matter when it is. I guarantee I'll be in there, and I'll beat you in. And I was like, I love it. The first day I was on campus, I said, Coach, I want to I want to work out. Let's go tomorrow morning. He said, all right, I'll meet you in at 6 a.m. And uh, my roommate at the time, he was like, Cam, you will win him over if you're like, all right, I'll see you at 530. And so I was like, sweet, I'll text him that. So I texted him. I was like, I'll see you at 530. I literally got in, and it, he, was like, <laughs> he was there sweating so bad. He's like, where you been, Cam? I've been here since 445. And I'm like, you maniac. Dang it. I was like, what the heck? Um, and so, but I, but I love it because that sold me. And so if a kid wants to come in and work his tail off and do the right thing um, and just really go to school and get a great degree and wrestle, I mean, that's, that's what we sell them on. And so um, that, that has um, turned people away. But another obstacle that really, I mean, believe it or not, is living the right lifestyle. Um, I've had multiple um, kids and thankfully they have. They're like, yeah, I just don't know if I want to do that. Um, I don't know if I want to, you know, strictly sell myself to wrestling in school. And so, um, and I, and I literally thanked them. I'm like, I appreciate you telling me that and being honest. Um, it's, that's actually very nice. (laughs) Not many people do it. We beat around the bush and then it finally comes down to it. Um, or when we get you on a visit and we pay for a lot of stuff and now you say it. So (laughs) that's, that's kind of an obstacle. Um, but honestly, I think, A lot of people shy away from it. I mean, recruiting at Wisconsin was pretty pretty easy, um, and not necessarily easy. It was hard to get kids in, so that was difficult um, because the school's so good. But at George Mason, yeah, it's tough. It's tougher to get in. The price of it is is steep, and we're not fully funded, so that's another scare. But so can I? I think. Can- can I just, I just yep. you brought you you just said that you're not fully funded and that's one of the things yeah, that, that yeah. I've been thinking about. Um, mm-hmm. So I just have to ask you, um, how, in a from a funding perspective, let's just let's just be blat- you know we'll just be blunt about it yep. from a scholarship perspective. Sure. How many scholarships does your administration give you right now? So out of the nine point nine, we're about half. Um, so and, you know we're at four point nine, or you can say five. Right? Okay. And, okay. Um, so it, it's half. It's but there, so there's a growth, um, and this is another thing that Coach Beasley has done is he came in and he had a growth plan. Um, his goal, right, when he came in, he said, I need three things, right? And the first thing was I need my own staff. I need my staff. That's the first thing I need. Uh, so he accomplished that. And they're like, yeah. So he's like, we're done. Um, I mean, at one point, Brad Edwards literally came to his office and was like, after the last year, because he had three qualifiers, right, and, um, we were the only sport at George Mason that had – people go to the national tournament, which is pretty crazy to think about. I, they'll have more now, but, um, so he's like, Hey, I want you to, I'm like, here's a three, three year raise or a three year contract. I want you to extend it. And he's like, nah, I don't want to do that. He's like, that's money in your pocket, man. He's like, well, I told you what my growth plan was. I wanted to go towards my assistant coaches, put that money and that promise into them. That's amazing. And yeah. And he said, Brad, Brad was like, I would walk into any other door in here and they'd be like, oh, yeah, bring it on. But because you did that makes me have so much more faith in you. And so that just explains kind of Frank's – his mindset. He had a goal, and he's he's going to achieve it. Um, so that was the first one. The second one 
it's kind of our wrestling room in a way. I mean, we got one of the smallest wrestling rooms in, in the country, but the third kind of two to three is to get fully funded. And that's happening. That'll happen fairly quickly. Um, we've already had a lot of donors that the wrestling room is going to happen quickly because we had a donor literally last month say, call Brad Edwards directly and was like, we have the money. Let's make it happen because we want to make this three mat facility and um, in the field house. And he's like, I got the money sitting here. What do we have to do? That's and awesome. So, you know, of course they're like, we're going to, we'll go through the logistics. We'll get it done. Let's make it, we'll get that figured out. So that's in the works. The next one is the kind of the endowment and getting those scholarships. And the big thing is we don't want to just endow it for a year. Um, you know, some programs that are not fully funded, they get it endowed for a year or maybe five years. And then after that, it goes back to what they gave you. Right. And so he says, if you fully endow the rest of those scholarships, we'll match it and we'll, we'll take care of it. And so it's going to happen. Right. But that's, it just takes a little time. It takes what, you know, it takes work. And, um, you know, it's scary to some people saying like, we're, we're half funded, which can be, but if you put in the work, you, you create the relationships with these kids, you're going to be able to, um, you know, promise them a lot and, and we won't go away from them. I mean, we can say, Hey, um, yeah, I just think about a junior. If you get a you know, number one junior in that class, you know we're we're gonna give you this chunk of change. You're gonna earn more, right? Right now we just don't have it, but we want to sell you on the relationships and the the way we're gonna change you and develop you. That's what we're gonna do, and that's what we're gonna do different than a lot of other other programs. And because I could give you a full ride, right? And you can sit on that money, but. We want to develop you. We want to make you the best person you can be. And I think a lot of recruits, a lot of parents mainly, they see it. They're like, man, I mean, they're going to put in time. They're going to – because we have a very minimum – I mean, very small window of time with these athletes. Five years seems so much. Four years seems so much. But the amount of time is is so small. And that's what we have to sell to them. Right. And I I completely agree with you. But I think – you know, one of the things I'm taking away from listening to you right now is that even though you have a small window to spin with these kids and it, it, it is a short amount of time, Coach Beasley has gone in there not with a short-term plan. He's, he, he's got more than short-term goals. He's got long-term goals to make George Mason University, exactly. you know, yep. more than just a half-funded commuter, a commuter mm-hmm. college wrestling yep. type program. Um, it sounds like he's really wanting to build this program up, and I think that says great things yep. about him, and, and and it speaks to volumes about yep. what he wants to do with that program in the future. Let's uh, let's get into this season a little bit. All right, we're we're about a month and yep. a half out from EWLs, two months out from the NCAA tournament. Um, I know Ben's dying to know, and he's got some questions about mm-hmm. this, but you know, Ben, you know, Ben him himself was a former, you know, D one college wrestler. So he loves to hear where college teams are at right now in their training process. Where's your team at right yeah. now in the peaking process and the training process? Oh man, we, uh, I love this part because, um, a lot of schools and, and, and you know, obviously just, just places I've been at, um, or, you know, I've heard stories, horror stories. The peaking process is is real, um, and you see it so much to where ah, we're just going to train through things, and we're going to beat them up, and then you know we're going to taper. And we have there's a science behind it, and Frank has developed this science, and it's amazing. And what he would tell you if you asked him why, how how did he get this science? How did you, did you develop this? He talked to people, and not it wasn't wrestling people. He went to the best coaches in the country, whether that was at 
NC State, he had the best swimming coach in the country. It's like, dude, how are you winning so much? Or the best baseball coach, what are you doing? He went and did his research, which I I love the man for it. I think he is – that's why he is so underrated is he does research. He doesn't just go off of what he's done or what others, like, you know, have done in other programs. He's doing it himself. And so he's got a system behind it. There's a science behind peaking. And as a kinesiology major, and I got my master's in kinesiology, I 110% agree with him. Um, there is a peaking process, and there's a time frame, and it's all about work-rest ratio and, and how you're going to develop and keep your body healthy. And so at this point right now, right, and um, the EWL is a little bit down. Um, you know, as a spoiler alert, we are we actually signed a contract. The EWL is merging with the Mac. Um, I'm not sure how many people know that. Um, so we're going to be merging with the Mac. So second largest conference in, in the country, which is great. Um, from last year's numbers, probably the second most um, national qualifiers behind the Big Ten. Um, this year may be a little different. We'll, we'll see. But it is down. Um, and so we train through a lot of our dual mates, and our, our schedule is set up to train through those. Um, we want these guys to – you know, have a tough practice. And then the next day we're going in dual meet and, you know, yeah, you're not beat up necessarily, but you're maybe a little bit heavy, but again, it it comes back down to we're still in January. Um, when it starts to hit, like we have Edinburgh on Sunday, right? We're going to train pretty hard this week. Um, it's not, we're not peaking for Edinburgh. I mean, that's, um, and that's not a bash on them at all. Like, I mean, it's going to be a meet, it's going to be a grinder of a dual meet. Um, just because of you know some of our our guys are we got a couple guys that are dinged up, but is that home or away? We have uh, it's home. Okay, yeah, nice, home. nice. Yeah, and so we we have to go through it. I mean, that was the same thing with Clarion. We went to Clarion. Um, you know, looking on paper, I think we should have beaten them. We actually beat them at twenty five and forty one. We were supposed to get pinned there. I mean, uh, on paper, and we beat those guys, and then we kind of bumped a couple guys around and. Um, because Colby Ho was out, he, he, um, banged up his knee, but he'll be back, um, this weekend and our 97 was out. And so we had a lot of guys out. So we're like, yeah, let's bump these guys around. I think we can win these matches. And we lost three super tight matches came down to last takedown. Um, and so it costs us to duel. I mean, I mean, and, um, but again, we look at them and we're disappointed, right? We want to, we want to win dual meets, but the grand scheme of things and the way college wrestling is now is it's March. It's, it's the EWL tournament. And so last year with the guys that Frank had, um, and he will flat out, he can get them on camera. We'll do whatever. And he'll ask them blatantly, how did you guys feel at EWLs? And you guys have seen interviews of him, I'm sure, but they've, they felt the best they've ever felt because it was the the training cycle. It's all about the work and rest um, ratio. And they would come in and, and so, you know, and to give you kind of an idea, Hey, let's work your number one shot. And we're going to do this for two minutes straight, two minutes straight. You get a four minute rest, right? So maybe it's a two work to, or one work to rest, you know, things like that. That's, that's just like a a broad example of it. And that can go and that can span over the February and going into March or the end of January. Once that cycle starts to hit, those guys feel so hungry to compete and to get after it that they're like, coach, you've beat my body up so bad. And I've been through these tough patches. Why is it so easy? And it's because of the the peaking side of it. I mean, your mind, the endorphins in your head is like I'm. I have been in through the meat grinder, and now I'm. I feel soft. Now we want to go take this out on someone else. And so we are in that 
we're in this, I mean, today we had a, we had an hour drill and I mean, we drill a ton. If you ask anybody on our team, they're like, dude, we drill way too much. Um, I drilled with them. So I can tell you and attest <laughs> to it. Like I went with Madrigal today. It's like, I love drilling with Alex because he flows really well. Um, and he's, I don't have to, he's not going to hurt me when I, when I drill, he flows well. And so I'm like, I'll drill with you all day. So we did an hour drill and it's not easy, right? I mean, drilling's brutal. <laughs> it's, it's actually tougher than live. I mean, I could sit on, on top of a guy and ride him for 30 minutes and be fine. Um, and so we're, we're grinding through it. I mean, yesterday we had a three hour practice and granted, man, that's a, lot a of long that practice for this time of, of year. It, it was crazy. It was long. I was coming back from escape the rock and I'm trying to get a hold of Frank and I'm like, dude, it is 6 PM. What is going on? And he's like, yeah, I just got out of practice. And I was like, three hours, what are you doing? And he's like, yeah, we just had a, you know, we played a lot of dodgeball. We taught a lot of <laughs> technique drilled and then we wrestled a lot. And I was like, yeah, it sounds like it. And so, um, you know, we're going through it. It's not, we don't want to kill the guys. Right. But again, it comes down to, they're going to be hungry when it's March 9th at, at home at Eagle bank arena, um, for the last EWL tournament ever. Um, and, and these guys are going to be excited about it. And so that's, that's kind of our so, the way it works. And it, it's all from Frank. I mean, he's the brains. So I don't mean to interrupt you, Ken. I'm sorry, but so like, this no. is legitimate. Like the EWL and the Mac are, are, are combining and this year's EWL tournament will be the last one ever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, last one ever. Right. The EWL is a pretty, uh, I mean, it's a pretty historic wrestling conference. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. Outside of the, you know, the Big Ten, it might. I, I, I'm sure. I'm, I mean, obviously, yeah, the EIWAs, but I mean, EWO is a pretty, you know, well-known and prominent wrestling conference over a long yeah. time. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, I mean, you got to think those PSAC schools back in the day. I mean, um, you know, they've kind of fallen off a little bit, but I wouldn't say they're. You can count anybody out. I mean. Lockhaven is a great team right now. They've got a um, a ton of guys on their team, and um, they're doing really well. Ryder's a tough team. Um, you know, Clarion, I mean, if they don't lose Zach Rowe and um, I forget the other guy's name, but if they don't lose them, they're a top 25 team, you know, in the running because Zach Rowe's uh, a hammer. For sure. Um, you know, so they got a lot of guys that, um, I mean, last year – proves it all i mean they with those two combined they'd have the second most qualifiers behind the big 10 which is crazy i mean that's a lot um and so it is the conference and there's a lot of conference champs that are from the ewl that go on and i mean all those guys from i mean edinburgh was well, edinburgh i mean they I got was, a, school, was like man they got a trophy at one point you know so yeah exactly with with port and shop and um all those guys it was like habit they yeah, have it. I mean, they had so many, and it was ham. It was like, man, Edinburgh, right? And I remember going to Edinburgh and was like, dude, this is like a high school. <laughs> I know. Well, Edinburgh but was hammers when I yeah, Edinburgh was hammers when I wrestled for Slippery Rock when I was I was a PSAC school guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, back when yep. when Slippery yep. Rock had a team. Speaking of hammers, exactly. though, okay, you know, we we know we know that the George Mason wrestling team's got Matt Voss, who I think is ranked eleventh in the country yep. right now at heavyweight. Wins over Billy Miller, Thomas Haynes, Corey Daniel, Joey Goodhart. You know. Definitely mm-hmm. going to be a qualifier. We're hoping he gets on the podium. Right. Um, got definitely got a good chance to get on the podium. What does he got to do to get there? Sure. Um, you know, Matt, right now, um, he's. I love him. He is the greatest kid. Um, he literally needs school wrestling in his face, um, and he'd be set. And right now, he is. He's a sponge. I mean, we get on him at times, and 
after practice, he'll, he'll literally come up to me and he'll be like, hey, sorry, coach, I, 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 you shouldn't have to get on me. I, I know I was kind of goofing off. And him goofing off is him play wrestling a little bit, right? And um, so for him, he he needs to commit to his attacks. But there's a lot of times where, you know, when we talk a lot is like when his defense as a heavyweight is one of the best in the country. I mean, as light as he is, I mean, he's 245, but guy gets a leg in the air, it's really hard for him to finish. Or um, when guys take bad shots in the, you know, in the second period, third period, be ready for a go behind. I mean, I'm, I am like, Matt, let this guy take a shot on you. You know, he, you're going to go behind. And so we got to get better at heavier pulls. Um, he's got a really good snatch, but sometimes he doesn't commit to it. And you can see that in the Billy Miller match. It's a lot of it was, you know, I'm going to, you know, a lot of people say it's slapping the leg. I mean, that's literally, I mean, he, he's, he's looking to snatch. He just doesn't commit to it as much. And so um, his biggest thing is he, he hustles. He will, there's no heavyweight that will out hustle him um, in the country. And I don't care who it is. And they may be more talented, but you're not out hustling that Ross. He is a hustler. He does all the right things. Um, and so we just need technically, I mean, I think in wrestling, when a guy comes off the match and whether they win or lose, I think of it as three different things. It's either, it's either technical, mental, or physical, you know, what's, what is it? And for him, mental is probably hard. It's, probably not mental ever physical he's in the best shape heavyweight in the country i guarantee it um he will out hustle everybody so um, so the last one leaves technical and um we just need to get him better i mean and you can see the results that have changed i mean thomas haynes two years ago literally tech fault him tilted him up tech fault him last year he lost to him by like he and maddie got majored and then at ewls he lost to him in overtime and then this year he um, and nothing to take away from Haynes, but I mean, we, we kind of dominated that match. We right. controlled it yeah. like no other. I mean, five, it was like five, two, and it was just controlled. Um, Billy Miller, I mean, the first time he beats him and, and granted it was, you know, a triple overtime or whatever overtime match. But before that we were pinned and he was, he had lost him five straight times. And so his growth has, he's just grown. I mean, um, coming from the state of Washington and, uh, I mean, he, he has done a phenomenal job and, um, he works his tail off. So what's he have to do? He just technically has to get a little bit better and we have to fine tune his things. He has a small answer, short answer for you. And you know what? Uh, honestly, that's probably where you want to be at this point in the season. I think that's good to hear. 100%. It, it shows the development that he's gone through, um, the last couple of years, obviously the coaching staff's doing great things. Um, looking, I, I can tell you, Ben and I are very much looking forward to seeing him compete not only at the um, the final EWL tournament, but also at the national tournament mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh this yep. year. Hopefully, we get to see a George Mason guy on the podium. It would be great to see. Um, I appreciate that. So, so Camden, listen, um, man, we've taken up so much of your time already. Uh, we're having a great time chatting with you. We really appreciate you coming on. Um, I just got to ask you, like, last question, you know. Really, give give me a short answer. Give me give me a short answer here. I'm a yeah. I'm a high school recruit who's thinking about coming to George Mason. Give me your elevator spiel, aka thirty second spiel on sell me to come to George Mason. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, hey, we're gonna win, so let's go win. Now, um, <laughs> I think the biggest thing is um, we're gonna develop you to be the best young man you can possibly be we want to make sure you get a great degree it's a five year five years you're most likely going to be here we want you to get um 
your degree in that four years and get your master's in five. That's going to separate you from everyone else because we live on being common, right? We do all the little things right. We work our tails off. We are, will be um, known for being in the best shape possible. Um, we work harder, harder than any program or just as hard, right? Um, we are going to develop you. We are going to be here 24 seven for you as a student athlete and a young man. And um, we're going to win a team trophy. Um, and then so many people, and I hope it, it, if this was worldwide, they would laugh at us, but literally with um, where we're going and with our determination and, and what we have going on with our staff and, and the guys we're bringing in, we're going to win a national, we're going to win a trophy. And why can't you be the first? Why can you not be the first national champ at George Mason? We haven't had an All-American since uh, 1990. Why can't you be the uh, the next four-time or the first four-time national champion? Come and be that guy. That's awesome. I love to hear that. That's amazing. Um, obviously, big things going on at George Mason. Coach Beasley's doing great things. He's He's got a, a great coaching staff with him. It sounds like you know he's got long-term goals, and you guys are well on your way to executing on those goals. Um Camden, I just want to say thanks for coming on today, man. We've really appreciated talking to you. Um, obviously taking up more time of yours than I promised you, but that's okay because no, it. it's been good stuff. We love hearing about what's going on at these smaller schools. I don't want to say smaller schools yeah. in terms of actual size, but smaller schools in terms of actual um, sure. wrestling um, you know, yep. conference and, and things like that. So it's it's been such a great time talking with you. Um, do you have any any final words or anything that you'd like to get out there? No, I mean, I, I appreciate your your guys' time. Um, this was awesome. I would love to do it any anytime you guys want. Um, as far as everyone else out there that's going to be listening or, or um, you know, following us, uh, I appreciate everyone out there. I think this, um, you know, this sport has done so much for me, and, you know, that's the reason I, I coach. Um, I want to give it back. I want to help change some lives and get some people on, on the podium and, and win some national titles and, and do things that I was never able to do myself, but um, it, it's, it's going to happen here. And George Mason is, is not going to be a stepping stone or uh, somewhere you guys, everyone's got to make sure they watch out for us because we're, we're coming in hot and it's, it's going to be exciting. No, that sounds great. And you know what? We'd love to have you back on again. Uh, maybe even sometime if he'd be willing to do it, have coach Beasley on as well. Um, yeah. to, you know, really get to, you know, promote George Mason and everything that you guys got going on. Um, Camden, again, thanks for coming on. We appreciate everything. Um, we wish you the best of luck, you and the team, the best of luck the remainder of the season. We hope to see you guys uh, get a few guys out there to Pittsburgh for the national tournament, and we'd for love sure. to see you guys get a couple of All-Americans on the podium this year. So, again, thank you, Definitely. my man, a fellow Hoosier from Indiana, Anderson Indiana, yeah. by the way. <laughs> Don't yeah, meet those exactly. guys every every day. So, again, thanks a yeah, lot. Right. We appreciate you. Thanks for coming on for episode number 77 of the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast. Hey, thanks. Thank you, guys. If you need anything, uh, feel free to give me a call, shoot me a text, whatever. I'm here for you. Appreciate we, it. Uh, we appreciate that. Take care, bud. All right. Well, have a good one.